today's forecast is looking like a high chance of pizza. Stay in an order. Domino's Hawaii, we deliver aloha in any kind weather. This podcast is sponsored by Kapili Solar Roofing and Painting. Building peace of mind one roof at a time. Long's Drugs. Download the CVS app today and make Long's a part of your day. And Tony Group. Visit the Tony Group in Hilo, Kona, and Waipio. breaking news to pass along to you. We begin with a live look at Kansas City, Missouri, where a shooting has killed at least one person and injured up to 15. The Chiefs Super Bowl victory parade took over downtown Kansas City today, but that celebration quickly turned into terror when gunshots rang out near the stage at Union Station. Officials report two armed individuals are in custody. Several people were struck by the gunfire. Officials say up to 15 people were hurt, including three patients in critical condition and five in serious condition. Victims were taken to area hospitals. As soon as the rally concluded, there were shots fired on the west side of Union Station. Officers were on scene in the area. I know one of the suspects was immediately pursued on foot. Um, like I said, there's two suspects in custody. I have heard uh, the information that was just requested. I will confirm or deny that. Um, but after that, immediately officers began rendering life-sustaining aid, calling in fire, which is the, the fire department, to uh, also assist those victims. I'm angry at what happened today. The people who came to this celebration should expect a safe environment. We had over 800 law enforcement officers, Kansas City and other agencies, at the location to keep everyone safe. Because of bad actors, which were very few, this tragedy occurred, even in the presence of uniformed law enforcement officers who again ran towards them and took them into custody. To the people who were injured in this tragedy, our hearts go out to you and your families. Now, officials say the motive of the shooting is under investigation. We're going to have more on this story online and on later editions of Hawaii News Now. A gathering will take place today to honor Gianna Bradley, the 10-year-old girl who died of starvation and prolonged abuse in Wahiawa. Child advocates are asking community members to wear red as they walk a mile starting at 4 p.m. at the state capitol. HPD found Gianna's body three weeks ago at a home on Karsten Drive. She was emaciated, suffered pneumonia, and had multiple facial injuries. Her legal guardians, grandmother Deborah Garone, her daughter Brandy Bloss, and her husband Thomas Bloss Sr. are charged with multiple offenses, including murder. Now an update on the breaking news that we delivered right here yesterday on This Is Now. Two boys are safe after HPD initiated a Miley Amber Alert. 
10-year-old Raymond Waispu'u and 11-year-old William Waispu'u were feared to be in danger after their mom's ex-boyfriend failed to bring them back. They went with him Sunday morning, and police said they were set to return Monday night. Then the boy's mother and her ex got into a disagreement over the phone, and he kept the children with him. Family members later reported that he allegedly hit one of the kids, and the mother told police she believed they were in danger. The boy's mother learned from family members that her ex-boyfriend had struck one of her sons in his face. She added that he had never taken them for this long period of time without contacting her. She was very concerned and believed her sons were in danger. Based on this, we decided to activate the Miley Amber Alert. Within five minutes after issuing the, the wheel alert, the wireless emergency alert, Shane Santos reached out to his ex-girlfriend and agreed to meet with missing, missing persons investigators. This is the first time we've utilized the system since we implemented the upgrades. Um, upon receiving the notification of all missing persons, uh, we get notified of all missing persons cases on Oahu. Uh, prompt and immediate, immediate investigation is conducted. Now, our cameras caught the moment the boys were reunited with their mother at a Kalihi gas station. Police said within five minutes of the alert going out, the boy's father reached out and agreed to meet, bringing this to a quick resolution. The boys were taken to a hospital for an evaluation, and it's unclear if the suspect, Shane Santos, will face any charges. After more than six months of not knowing what happened to Paul Kaspersky, a Maui family has found answers in the rubble of a Lahaina furniture store. The well-known carpenter has been confirmed as the 101st victim of the August fire. Jolani Martinez spoke with his family. His family tells me that his body was found just a few days ago. A reminder that after all the cleanup so far, the burn zone could still hold human remains. 76-year-old Paul Kaspersky was a longtime carpenter, best known for creating the iconic Lahaina signs that welcomes people on both ends of town. His son Adam and his wife Jennifer knew he was gone. They had been waiting for this moment. Oh, it is really sad, but I, it's like we can... I don't know, I feel like we'll feel closer, like we have, we'll, we have a piece of him. They found out yesterday that his remains had been found Friday in the rubble of a large furniture store on Limahana Place. So he, uh, he tried to ride out of there and he ended up uh, ditching his bike and trying to, what it, it sounds like he tried to shelter in place in a, a tilt-up concrete building. He was trying to survive. Um, I think that's also... That's that's important. I mean, he 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 wanted to he wanted to live. He loved his family. Feeling like he was out there somewhere, but we didn't know where. I think it was untethering for the whole family. It's a familiar feeling all over Maui as fire survivors process their grief and pain in different ways at different speeds. You know, our message to people is it's okay to not be okay. Maui Mayor Richard Bisson says mental health is actually the island's top problem right now, even more than housing. Yeah, almost every single person involved in this is, is traumatized, every single person. Um, whether you're a first responder or whether you're someone that works at a hotel or worked at a, worked at a restaurant, um, what, what we are learning is that everybody's trauma 
is at their own pace. The government and private groups have been offering counseling services, and the National Child Traumatic Stress Network has trained county employees in psychological first aid. Every county worker gets nine free therapy sessions, and 76 county workers who lost their homes have formed a support group. With 101 people now confirmed dead, that leaves two people still unaccounted for, Elmer Stevens and Robert Owens. Confirmation of Kaspersky's death is a reminder that the authorities tasked with recovering remains have not given up. Yeah, I mean, I think those guys are doing a great job. They're, they're every day trying, they still have two more to find, you know, and they're, they're going right back at it. Mayor Bisson, um, says that they are working on continuing to give mental health support to all fire survivors. Reporting from the studio, Jelani Martinez, Hawaii News Now. In news out of Texas, an emergency room turned into a crime scene when a car smashed into the lobby area of that facility. That happened in Austin, Texas. Now, the driver was killed and five other people were hurt, including two children. Omar Villafranca has more from eyewitnesses. Panic inside this Austin emergency room just moments after a car crashed through the lobby, sending people scrambling for safety as others rush to help the injured. I got a white Acura that drove through the entrance to the civilian side of the emergency room. It happened after 5.30 p.m. local time yesterday at St. David's North Austin Medical Center. The driver was pulled from the vehicle but died at the scene. The driver of the sedan, Michelle Holloway, crashed her vehicle into the emergency room waiting area. There's no indication at this time that this is an intentional act, nor does it indicate that the driver suffered from a medical episode. Five people were injured, including two children, all of whom were transported to nearby hospitals. Uh, well, maybe there was an explosion of some kind. Stephen Hughes um, was at the hospital and recorded the chaos in the moments that followed the crash. I could hear um, something was still on the accelerator, so the tires were still spinning, causing more and more smoke. The hospital's chief medical officer praised the quick action of first responders in the aftermath of the crash. It was a chaotic environment, um, but you added order um, and it made such a difference. The ER itself is still in good condition and the rest of the hospital is fine. Omar Villafranca, CBS News, Austin, Texas. House Republicans say they're working on a plan to address border security after rejecting a bipartisan Senate bill. Now, this comes as they voted to make Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas the first cabinet member in 150 years to be impeached for his handling of the crisis. Natalie Brand has more. The congressional fight over the southern border has intensified after House Republicans impeached Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas by a margin of one vote. It was necessary to deal with a rogue DHS secretary whose lawless actions have caused and perpetuated one of the worst, the worst border crisis in American history. The articles head to the Democratic-controlled Senate later this month. Majority Leader Schumer's office says senators will be sworn in as jurors the next day. What are Republicans focused on? Stupid stuff, like baseless impeachments with no evidence. The impeachment comes as the House Speaker is hinting he may not bring up the Senate's newly passed bipartisan foreign aid package for a vote. The Republican-led House will not be jammed or forced into passing a foreign aid bill that was opposed by most Republican senators and does nothing to secure our 
own border. But border security provisions had to be removed from the package last week because a majority of GOP lawmakers, including the speaker, said they did not go far enough. The White House tweeted a valentine to Speaker Johnson saying roses are red, violets are blue, the border deal was crushed because of you. I've been re requesting a meeting with the president for weeks now, a month. I've been asking to sit down with the president to talk about the border and talk about national security. And that meeting has not been granted. CBS News has confirmed that without additional funding, ICE is considering releasing thousands of migrants from custody. Natalie Brand, CBS News, Capitol Hill. New details over the fight that broke out on the Southwest flight to Hawaii. Authorities detained two men in Lihue after the plane arrived from Oakland, California on Monday. Now, yesterday, a man spoke out on social media to say those are his parents in the video, and he says they were dealing with a drunk passenger who wouldn't stop bothering them. The man says his father had enough and took a stand, and that's when things escalated. And I understand if he was defending his wife. I mean, that's, I mean, that's a human quality. But, you know, we got to be adults. The government and the airlines absolutely have to keep violence from occurring on airplanes. It's just too dangerous a place to have um, punches being thrown. The FAA says in the last 10 years, it has initiated more than 1,000 enforcement actions against unruly passengers. State lawmakers have given tentative approval to a proposed climate impact fee mostly aimed at tourists. The House Energy and Environmental Protection Committee has approved a $25 fee earlier this year that would be charged to visitors who stay in hotels or other vacation rentals. The bill was amended yesterday to remove all specific dollar amounts, meaning the actual amount of the fee will be determined later if the bill advances. And more nickel and diming. Another bill that advanced yesterday could mean higher fees for your next ride on Uber or Lyft. It would add 25 cents per ride. The bill says that it's needed because more people are using the apps and this would help offset the cost to more drivers using the roads. Thousands are expected to participate in Monday's Great Aloha Run, so the city announced extended hours for Skyline to accommodate the event. We will run uh, limited trips from 3.30 in the morning, probably about every 20 minutes. At about 5 a.m., we're going to transition to our regular service where we'll be running trains every 10 minutes from all stations. So there's plenty of ways to get on Skyline and furthermore to commemorate this special 40th anniversary of the Hawaii Pacific Health Great Aloha Run. We will be offering limited edition holo cards for sale at the expo at packet pickup on Saturday and Sunday. Thousands of people now have the option to see how easy and valuable the skyline can be from stations serving West Oahu to the Halava station. Nouchi says the four stations that will open early for the event are UH West Oahu, Honouli Uli Ho'opili, Ho'ai'ai Westlock and Halava Aloha Stadium. Runners who are driving to the Halava Rail Station are asked not to park there. Instead, please park on site at Aloha Stadium. We'll post all this information on our website, hawaiinewsnow.com. And some sad news this morning. Pearl Harbor survivor Sterling Kale, a longtime Hawaii resident, has died at the age of 102 on January 20th in his Aiea home, but his family just announced it today. He was surrounded by his family after a hospitalization last month. Kale was serving in the Navy when Pearl Harbor was attacked in 1941. 
National Park says that he helped to pull 45 men out of the water that dreadful day while oil burned along the surface. He also served in the army on the front lines of Korea and in Vietnam. He was also the head of the pharmacy at Tripler Medical Center. He retired as a sergeant major in the army. The Kale family said in a statement, quote, He lived an incredible life serving our country with bravery and honor in three wars. We will miss him so much, but know he's now with his wife, Victoria. She died five years ago and was the love of his life. Again, Sterling Kale was 102 years old. An amazing legacy mm -hmm. indeed. We want to welcome now Chris Kim of Crime Stoppers Honolulu for our weekly crime roundup. Chris, what you got for us? Okay, the first case we're going to talk about is a theft in the fourth degree that happened over at the uh, Kapolei Commons at the Fighting Eel store on Tuesday, January 23rd at about 11.51 a.m. This male entered the store and basically stole some items. Uh, he's been described as an unknown male, brown complexion mustache. He had a tattoo on his head, chest, back and arms. He's wearing a black long sleeve shirt, blue jeans, a black backpack black and gray neck gator and some glasses. It's very unfortunate. You know, these small businesses just trying to make a living and you have people coming in and shoplifting from them. And they just them. opened that store. I believe so, yeah. yes. Yes, we need communities helping help me identify this person, please. And the next one? Uh, the second case on Tuesday, January 23rd at about 9.07 p.m., uh, this couple uh, suspect wanted to enter the Home Depot in Pearl City, selected a merchandise, placed it on this flatbed cart and just simply walked out without making payment. It's been described as a... I'm sorry, it's been classified as a theft in the second degree, which means that the items were valued at over $750. Uh, both suspects are unknown. Um, unknown male and unknown female, but I'm sure the viewers out there may mm -hmm. be able to recognize these people involved. And our third case comes out of Waipahu. Yeah, as far as this case on Tuesday, November 28th, at about 12.39 p.m., this male was captured on video surveillance, breaking into the complainant's vehicle, which is parked over on Lumiaina Street. Uh, you can see how quickly he gets in. He walks over to the passenger side window, pulls on the door handle, then uses a punch tool to shatter the window, prize it open, and then steal some items that were left on the front seat. Uh, we also use these videos as educational tools to just kind of warn the public not to leave anything visible uh, within your vehicle. As you can see, it just only takes a matter of seconds for them to break in. Uh, he's being described as the unknown male. Um, all these three cases we talked about can be seen on the www.hunlp.org website, bottom left-hand corner, under Wanted Persons. Now, Chris, uh, the community plays a big part in helping solve these crimes. What are some ways, aside from the phone call, uh, can they submit their tips to you folks? Yeah, so besides the hotline, you know, the, the newest and latest way is the P3 Tips app, available on the smartphone or tablet. Uh, they download the app, and they're able to submit information to us. They also are able to submit photos and or videos, and they're able to track their tip as well. Um, they can also go to our website at www.honolulucrimestoppers.org. And Chris, I was actually at HPD yesterday mm -hmm. uh, for the press conference, mm -hmm. and afterwards I ran into one of the volunteers on the street, oh. and I want to highlight them a little bit. Tell us a little bit about the team of volunteers that you work with for this you know, We have a wonderful team of civilian volunteers. We have approximately 25 of them. They come in on a daily basis and they answer the hotlines. Uh, interesting thing that I want to note is that out of 350-plus organizations spread across uh, the mainland U.S., Puerto Rico, and Guam, Crime Stoppers Honolulu is the only um, organization that utilizes a team of civilian volunteers to answer its hotline. Everyone else uses a call center based out of Texas. Uh, so I'm very proud uh, to share that information. Awesome. But they're very passionate about you know doing their part and helping the, the community safe. Yeah. And a lot of them are kupuna yes. and retired. So it's yes. a great way to help keep them involved. Um, so we thank them and we thank you for all the thank work you. that you folks do. Thank Once you. again, if you have any information on any of these cases, their number 955-8300 or use the P3 Tips mobile app. Remain anonymous and you may be eligible for a cash award. All right, let's take you live outside now to Washington, D.C. The temperature
temperature there, 43 degrees. We're going to have a look at your island forecast with Guy Hagi after this quick break. Oy! Today's forecast is looking like a high chance of pizza. Stay in an order. Domino's Hawaii, we deliver aloha in any kind weather. it on this Wednesday Valentine's Day we're gonna see a pretty nice day today but the weather's gonna be changing because of that approaching cold front when that cold front comes in we'll see a few scattered showers it's not gonna be a big rain event but we'll see more showers tonight and tomorrow mainly for Windward and Mauka areas and then a drier cooler air mass will be moving in but for today you can see there's not much rain out there some moisture just bypassing Oahu this morning and those winds will be shifting today as that cold front approaches southwesterly winds will come up to breezy levels by this afternoon. But for today, for most of today, for the better part of tonight, we won't see much in the way of rainfall. So it's going to be a very nice Valentine's Day. But like I said, the winds will be shifting. It's going to be breezy in the afternoon with some cloudier skies and maybe a few spotty showers. But again, uh, you know, significant rainfall not expected. However, significant surf will be building tonight. An extra large swell is due in tonight, peaking tomorrow. But the bummer is that with the northerly winds, it's going to be a stormy, uh, ocean situation, so pretty much unrideable for the next few days. And because the surf is going to be big, it's going to be a life-threatening, dangerous situation out in the ocean for the next couple of days. So we've got uh, some pretty nice weather for today. But for tomorrow, that cold front's going to come in with cloudy skies, scattered showers, and some breezy winds, as well as some cooler overnight temperatures. And then by Friday, things are going to start to dry up. Although with those breezy trends, we'll see a few windward and mulka showers over the next several days. In today's news from the feeds, we are honoring a sweet legacy. The creator of the Pop-Tart has passed away in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Taylor Morris spoke with his son, who says their family was the guinea pig for the sweet treats. He would be amazed at the big deal we're making of this. He was um, a, a very humble guy. Pop-Tarts, the most well-known toaster treat in America. So well-known, a movie is being made centered around the crazy good pastry. He knew about it and people had told him about it and um, he said to me, have you heard that? Is that for real? And I said, yeah, I think it is. We're going to have to watch that. So he was, he just stands amazed at um, what has happened over the past 60 years. But what many people don't know is that the founder, William Post, also known as Bill, is from right here in Grand Rapids. According to his son, Dan Post, Bill died this past Saturday. He was 96 years old. Dan says his father was much more than just the face behind the Pop-Tart. You know, I, I would say that's just a, a small part of who he was. Um, he was so much more than the Pop-Tart story. That's what he's known for in, you know, in other circles. But to his friends and family, he was just sweet old Bill. My dad wasn't just my dad um, when later in life we became very good friends um, because when you're as old as I am and as young as he acted um, there wasn't much age difference so we did a lot of trips together um, he especially liked to uh, bike and so we would bike in places that uh, were flat like the Netherlands Bill Post was raised on the south side of Grand Rapids, one of seven children of Dutch immigrants. At the time, Bill was the plant manager of Pac-Man. 
company. When you were 14 years old and growing up, did you ever think that the Pop-Tart would make such a name for itself? Uh, no, I thought it was, he, he would often bring home samples of new products and I thought, oh, here we go again. We were the, the guinea pigs um, because he would come home every night and say, try these. <laughs> and believe me, the first ones would not have made the market. <laughs> um, a little cardboard like. Um, but they kept getting better. Now, 60 years later, Don says his children and grandchildren keep a box of Pop-Tarts on hand, not only as a sweet treat, but as a way to remember Grandpa. Let's quickly recap the breaking news at the top of the show. Uh, one person is confirmed dead following that shooting at the Kansas, uh, Kansas City Chiefs Parade. We just heard from local officials there a short time ago. We're tracking this story and we'll bring you the very latest developments uh, in later editions of Hawaii News Now as well as your online digital platforms. Thanks for watching, everyone. Aloha. This podcast is sponsored by... Kapili's Solar Roofing and Painting. Building peace of mind one roof at a time. Long's Drugs. Download the CVS app today and make Long's a part of your day. And Tony Group. Visit the Tony Group in Hilo, Kona, and Waipio. Hooey! Today's forecast is looking like a high chance of pizza. Stay in an order. Domino's Hawaii, we deliver aloha in any kind weather.